This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. The final whistle has just gone. As you can oh, the music in the background, as you know, this tune comes on. Celebration when Brentford have a victory at Griffin Park. This tune comes on. Brentford 3, Millwall 2. But not too long ago, I think it must have been 10 minutes to go, it wasn't looking too clever. The Bees 2-0 down after missing a penalty in the first half. We looked down and out. No ideas. But to be fair to Frank, he brought the substitution on. He brought on De Silva. De Silva scored the first goal and he started the comeback for the mighty, mighty bees. A second goal in the last minute of normal time. And then a goal by Ollie Watkins in five minutes of time added on. Told the bees 3-2 winners. And as they said to the Millwall, 3-2. And you, I'm going to be polite here, you messed it up. And I think even the Millwall out there would say that they did do. Because they had that game on lockdown. Brentford looked down and out and uh, I'm very happy about this about the result we'll go into everything else a bit later but let's celebrate the victory now this is the results that we needed I say the result wasn't it yeah it was a result we definitely definitely needed but come on let's be honest we got out of jail there there were three absolutely world goal, class goals scored by Brentford players today but when we were 2-0 down, we were looking as though we were dead and buried. I suppose you credit the team for coming back and fighting through to the 95th minute. But boy, you know, there are still some answers that need, the questions that need answering there. I mean, you know, I'm as delighted as anybody with this result, but we're still not the Brentford that we were. And, you know, we cannot rely on scoring world-class goals every week to get us out of, out of I'm sorry to sound downbeat about it it's a fantastic last 10 minutes of the game but really for 70, 80 minutes of that game we were out of it and the questions do need to be asked and do need to be looked at Great results and a lot of happy bees in the house because things were looking a little bit solemn weren't they um, 75, 80 minutes into that match just some bits of magic saved us, saved us an end. Well, I, I thought we were dead and buried. Give my dues first half, we were the better side, but you got to take chance when they come, and we didn't. And then Millwall did a Millwall on us. So, but we turned it around. What a, what a finish! You can't moan about that at all. I mean, look, 
it's interesting because we uh, we missed the penalty in the first half, and that kind of set us back, didn't it? Yeah, so I think it rocked us for a little while. But overall, in the first half, we still were the better side. We still had chances, still had potential to do something. But then they got that that goal that knocked us back, and we we struggled for a long while after that. Frank Mason changes, and that came off for him. Good luck to him. Listen, we got the result today. Let's celebrate the result. Let's celebrate good times. Come on. Are you happy with that? Absolutely, Bill. Come on with that result, definitely. But in a lot of ways, there's still a few problems there, I think, that are being a bit disguised. Maybe. What problems? Um, well, the lack of surgery, people, people coming in from the left and the right were harder today. Uh, I saw Dalsgaard do some good work, Ben Rama. But even when they went to defend five up, it was a lot harder still for us to try and get through, get some things through the midfield. Can't take away from the result. Didn't see that coming. Great to see it. Come on, you bees. You bees. Celebrate good times. We're celebrating. I mean, listen, I mean, if you're a Millwall fan, would you be gutted? And again, I'm not saying this, due respect, we, before the match, we were in a pub, we, uh, in the Express actually, we went to met our Millwall chums, there's loads of Millwall in there, and a good old drink with them. Good set of characters as well, the Millwall halfway line and all that lot. And we talked about the game, we said, you know, likely to be maybe even a draw today, the way that the two teams are playing. But if you were a Millwall fan now, would you be gutted with that result? I'd be gutted because I was 2-0 up after 80 minutes. But if you look at it, uh, the game as a whole, first 45 minutes, Benford uh, were the better team. We hit the post, we missed the penalty, their keeper pulled off two great saves. Our keeper had very little to do. Um, They got that goal right at the end of the half. Second half, first 35 minutes, we were quite poor. They were okay. Uh, Last 10 minutes, we just turned it around. We, as uh, soon as their keeper had to pull off a really good save after 80 minutes, then we kind of felt we, 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 we felt we could do something. Then a few changes off the bench, uh, three, three goals, you know, no one was expecting three goals. We thought maybe one, but it was a really, really good work by the Bees. I thought we just, we just took it over. The, the crowd helped, we kind of believed, and uh, we just pulled it off. I was going to say Bielski, uh, Bielski, Bielski, Bielakowski, Bielakowski, that's right, the uh, the Ipswich keeper who's now playing for them, he used to cause us all sorts of problems with Ipswich, he was very good for Ipswich, maybe it was just against us again, and again, I thought he was man of the match for Millwall, he pulled off some very, very good saves, he pulled off the penalty save, he's pulled off probably about two or three saves which would have seen us clear, we should have been clear at half time. Um, at least, I thought he was very good, and again in the second half again he pulled off I think a save or two saves there, which was very, very good. Um, so he was the man of the match, which actually kind of kept them in the game, didn't he? He did. I mean, first half especially, not just the penalty, but it was two other very, very good saves from him. And, uh, you know, it's the sort of thing that turns matches, and we, we kind of dropped. And for the, the second half, coming in 1-0 down, and then like, the first 30-odd, 35 minutes, we just looked a bit pedestrian. And it took a little bit of a change, and it took Justice Silver to come on, have a little poke, you know, get, get us uh, one back. And then we just, the whole game just changed. Millwall just suddenly started to lose it and we started to think we, we believed in it. And uh, yeah, uh, Bielikowski is a good keeper, pulled off some great saves. Without him, it could have been a very different game. We've got Rasmus, director of football in the house. And uh, listen, all you lot listening here, you know we've been having all sorts of XG chats. Some people are not happy with it. Ali Malali and the Nick, liberal Nick as well, and uh, other people out there. And some people do understand it. And we've got Rasmus here, Rasmus Akerson, 
Brentford's co-director of football. Who is first of all, Rasmus? You're obviously very happy with the result today. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a roller coaster emotionally, at least. And uh, I think last time we had a quite an experience like this was probably last season against uh, Villa, wasn't it? When Mope scored in the in the injury time. So now we were down with two, so it was even better. But um, yeah, great, great win. I think the boys deserved it. Interesting if, if there is something that's called deserved in football, but I know you're talking a lot about that. So, <laughs> well, still, well, listen, I mean, we're talking about it in the first half. We had a lot of chances in your world, in the stats world, which you use as part of the things to analyze the game. You would say that in the first half, we were looking like uh, the XG was high as it is, and the chances that we were creating was high, but we just weren't putting them in the back of the net. And also, their goalkeeper was playing a bit of a blinder. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the first half, I think, you know, we look a lot at the underlying model rating. Um, and uh, which is a really important decision-making tool for us and w- a way of, the, I would say, the primary way of measuring progress. And uh, and based on the first half, the model would upgrade us, uh, give us a big upgrade, um, but we were down 1-0. But that's football, isn't it? Like, it's, um, it's, a, it's at, the end of the, at the end of the day, it's a really random game, much more random than basketball and handball and what have you, yeah, for, for many reasons, but... That's why um, you need you need you need some tools. You need some 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 uh, fundamental ideas to base your decision making on, which is not, which, which has not only something to do with what's on the score scoreline at the at the end of the game. So, so I mean, the sec- so the second half, we uh, I mean, they got the goal very late in the first half, which seems to knock the wind out of us. The second half, we were and let's just put layman's terms into it. We didn't look at the races at all for the most of that second half I mean what do you put that down to uh, no I think it was a little bit uh, pedestrian at times you know we we um, we moved the ball without creating clear cut chances I think it was a little bit of a um, you know a, it was a bit of a shock for us to get down 2-0 at a penalty which I think was a big maybe um, but um but you know, Millwall got a little bit tired in the end, and I think we we also got a bit bit lucky with the with the deflection on the two two goal. And um, but I think if you look at the the game as a whole, it was uh, it was uh, there was a little bit of justice left in the world. I think. <laughs> okay, well you say that, but I'm going to say this as well because I mean, as you talk about xG, and if people out there xG expected goals is talking about created chances, and and it's the quality of the chances that you create. So if you've got a ball which is two yards in front of the goal, and you, you know, and you got the chance to put it in the back of the net, that's a very high xG as opposed to shooting the ball from 40 yards, which you might score still, but it's very low. And the chances are that if you create more chances with higher xG, you've got a better chance of scoring. Now, ironically, we were creating some great chances and not scoring, but the goal that we actually did score was probably one which has got a very low XG which was the De Silva's goal yeah, yeah. so I mean not be funny doesn't that knock your XG theory out the window or, 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 or how does that work no I mean that that happens I mean it's um, for us it's it's about creating obviously as, as, as many high prob- probability scoring situations as possible and prevent your position from doing it against us and uh, and that is a better predictor of where you're going to go in the future often than your current league position because I mean, that's, this is the thing in football. You know, we every, everyone grown up hearing that the league table never lies, but the league table lies. But saying that in in football is like saying the world is flat. You know, the brain is not designed to deal with randomness and accept randomness and explanation for an outcome. So, um, so we want a narrative. So we, we 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 cannot accept that we are. It's very difficult for us as human beings to accept that in the first half we are. 
we we we've smashed Millwall, but we but we're down one nil. You know, it has to be something with lack of confidence, or the manager has lost the dressing room, or things like that. So we build all these explanations, and I think our job is to try and you know, uh, you know, keep 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 focusing on what, what what signal and what is noise, especially when you go on these bad runs, which you which you eventually do. In, a, in such a close league as the championship and I'm going to say this and I've taken a lot of your time but this is you know this is interesting chat and what I will say is look, look I love a team and everyone out there loves their team and we want them to do really well um, and yes we are creating these chances but Brentford still are not quite the Brentford like we were even last season so even though we might be doing inverted commas the right things there's just something out there that just isn't quite right about Brentford and you must know that because you watch these games you must talk about it week in week out I think uh, if you look at it from a defensive point of view, I think the Brentford team we have now is probably the best team we've had defensively, especially since um, since um, I got involved here. Um, I think we, we look very solid. We give very few chances away, uh, which is a big plus for me because you, both you and I have watched the last couple of seasons. And I don't think we've felt more calm than we do now when we are when the opposition has the ball or you know because we we, we think we look pretty solid. I agree that offensively it hasn't quite clicked. Is that down to a big turnover of players uh, in the summer? You know that it's the, the, there's a there's a relationship thing. You know that's gonna get better the, the better they get to know each other. Uh, is it that we need to um, accept conceding a little bit more defensively in order to create something? You know, more offensively to create a better balance. That's uh, some of um, life's big questions, but. Um, I don't think we are far off. I mean, I think I think to be a top championship side, you need to be very strong defensively throughout the 46 games. And I think we got a good foundation to grow from. And then I, it's up to uh, to us, it's up to the coaching staff to make sure that um, offensively it starts to click again. Because that's probably that's probably where we we still have a little bit of a way to go. I'm going to ask one last question. I've kept a lot of your time, and I'll, and I'll be killed if I don't ask this question for you. <laughs> Obviously, in the season we were. We were, we were, last season we were absolutely on fire we were scoring lots of goals Neil Mal played 28 goals last season he went in the close season and we didn't manage to secure another striker for whatever reason you know we've heard that there was a bit of malarkey with the striker that we wanted to bring in so that yeah. didn't quite happen and then we tried to bring in another striker it didn't happen but that's kind of left us a bit cold and a lot of people are saying that this is the cause of the problem as to why we're not firing on the cylinders I don't know. I mean, we have the top score of the championship in the team, don't we? With Ollie Watkins, you know, it's it's uh, it's not that we, in that sense, I think lack a goal scorer. But obviously, it's very difficult to replace Neil Mope, and um, and uh, we tried, you know. But 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 also, you know, it, to bring someone in, it it had to be and pay a lot of money for that play. It, it would have to be someone who we thought would be an upgrade on what we already had in the team. For example, Ollie Watkins. And um, you know, we think we were pretty comfortable with with, with, what, with what we had. Um, when we signed Neil Mope, you know, you you also remember the first season Neil Mope were here. He was not quite firing as he was in the second season. So it takes like it took him like twelve months to get used to the championship and to to start to start uh, really performing for us and giving us some return on investment in terms of in terms of goals. And I think we were a little bit in a different position this season because we were not. We were not where we were wanted to sign a striker that needed 12 months before he would start firing. If we were to sign a striker, um, it would have to be someone who would who would who would deliver from day one. And those guys are not easy to find; they're very expensive as well. And uh, that's why I thought 
we were comfortable with, 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 with what we had. And I think for me, it's not so much about if you have one guy scoring 25 goals, you know, it's more is the team as a whole able to produce uh, chances and enough chances to achieve what we want to achieve. And I think, I think this, this team has the potential to, uh, to do that. Also, I mean, I think you remember when we, um, a few years back when we sold Scott Hogan, who scored a big proportion of our goals. After we sold Scott Hogan to Villa, we started scoring more goals. So it's not it's not so simple that to say that you know one one well, Mope goes, you take twenty seven goals out of the team. It's not it's not how it works. It's we 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 need to make sure that we we have a team that's able to produce um, enough chances to achieve what we want to achieve. And I think we have that. And I think the the, the, the team is going to get better. That said, I mean it's not it's not I, I'm not going to sit here and rule out that. That, that, that's not a focus for us in the next couple of windows because it's, a, it's an important position. So let's see. Let's see. I'm not so, um, I'm not so worried as maybe, maybe uh, some of you guys are. And Marcus Force, is he coming home after Christmas? Well, you say now, I mean, Nikos, Nikos has got a, what, what looked like a pretty, pretty serious injury today. So we got to do a scan in the next few days to see how serious it is. And, um, but, but, We'll, we'll see. I mean, a lot of a lot a lot depends on where are we in January. You know, um, are we are we in a position where we're going to make a push? Are we going to make a season where we're going to prepare for the for the next season? You know, it's there's there's a lot of and Marcus Fors is is um, is obviously uh, part of that conversation. So let's see. I mean, he's uh, he hasn't played that many games for Wimbledon. It looks looks good so far, but um, but 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 let's see. There's still a. There's still a few, a few months and a lot of games to play. Okay, listen, listen, Rasmus, thanks for taking your time out, man, and I'll catch you soon. Okay, cheers. Okay. So, interesting chat there with the director of football, Rasmus Ankers, and I'm back at the pub now and chatting to the characters who are all obviously very happy with the result. I've told them, uh, we spoke to Rasmus, who is talking about XG, the fact that, you know, they've been trying to, well, Brentford is doing what they have to do, and, uh, you know, I, I mentioned the fact that, ironically, the goals that we scored ones that the issue is actually probably quite low the shot outside the area you know the, the speculative shot that went in this corner of the net and he talked about the fact that we got probably mix and match it up a little bit first of all I have to say you know we can't knock it it was a great result and it was a great comeback overall it wasn't the greatest performance for Brentford though was it oh I, I no to be honest Bill though I, I would say that we just fully deserved to win that game if you look at the first half performance we should have been probably, what, 2-0, two, two maybe 2-1 up at half-time. I didn't really see whether Reyes made a bad attempt to at the save, was a good save, and then he parried it a bit. So I don't know. But we certainly should, you know, we, we missed a penalty. Um, we had other good chances. Um, we fully deserve to win today. It's just that the way the game played out, we only scored in the last 10 or 12 minutes, which makes it look like we turned the game. I don't think we did. I think we kept plugging away. And in a way, that's kind of why I think XG does give you an, an idea that what you're doing is right and therefore what you don't do is going to fucking it's going to sorry try to not swear it's going to panic mode well, taking a leave taking a leave out of my yeah, book no, there, after, right? uh, after Wednesday I think I can say what I want um, <laughs> did I say shitters yeah shitters Millwall <laughs> shitters oh anyway sorry um, he didn't so, mean that by the way it's a joke it's, yeah. a, it's a podcast joke you have to listen to Wednesday's podcast if you don't understand that but anyway move on absolutely just a little joke so my, my point is though is that you keep it's basically you keep plugging away and actually you get the rewards which we did today what we don't what you don't do is go into panic mode and stick Pontus Janssen up front for the last 20 minutes or whatever and just lump the ball into the penalty area 
which maybe is what some people want but and that's kind of why I think it does work it just gives you an idea that you are creating chances and you keep doing what you're doing and and, you know I I didn't in a million years think we were going to get anything out of today's game there are sometimes you kind of think bring this sub on bring that sub on they'll change the game and that didn't happen today did it but we kept going we kept going we kept going and then we did get the lucky break so we didn't get in the first half and and ultimately you know I think Bremo's um, shot took a massive deflection and we got a lucky break and you know and we won 3-2 you say we do what we're doing okay the first half yes we did create the chances but the second half we were we did not create the chances we had what what, 30 minutes of that game where we weren't really in the game and Millwall prepared to sort of set back a little bit we were losing the ball a bit we didn't really have control of the game our midfield obviously didn't have control of the game as they did before and that's why the substitutions were made um, I think I wouldn't say we didn't have control of the game I would just say we were wasteful in the last third of the pitch I mean did Ben Rama I mean god did he make a pass today he tried to make a lot of passes but did he actually make one I mean, you know, his, his, unfortunately, his distribution was pretty awful today. But, you know, I, we kept going and we kept plugging and plugging and plugging. And in the end, it came off. And, 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 and there is this thing about luck. And we didn't have any luck in the first half. And we had a lot of luck in the last 30 minutes. And it kind of balances out. I think we fully deserve to win the game today 3-2. I'm going to just if you say, watch the game, you may feel differently. And if you're at the game, you may feel differently. But overall, I'm sure when you look at these stats that people don't like, um, we fully deserve to win it. Thomas Frank's obviously been coming under a lot of stick today. There was even cries of you're going to get sacked in the morning uh, from uh, sections of the Ealing Road in the second half. You know, there was all cries of that as well. But you have to say fair play to him. The substitutions changed the game today. I don't know if they did. Maybe they did a bit. I thought we just kept going and going and going. And I didn't think, I didn't think, all right, De Silva scored a nice goal, but did were any of the substitution change the game? Uh, I don't particularly think they did. I think today was an odd game to call for Thomas Frank's head. I know people are frustrated, but I go back to the first half. We should have gone in at half-time, 2-1, 2-0, 3-1, personal mistakes. A load of rubbish going on with that penalty. I don't know what was going on with Ben Rama. Um, I thought, you know, it seemed to me that it... I think if you can, uh, for me, for penalties, you should be very clear who's going to take it. Um, maybe it changes if you're 3-0 up and someone's on a hat trick. But anyway, in normal... So, sorry, so here what you're saying, there's yeah. some sort of... Uh, uh, yeah, some sorry. Sort of, explain. Yeah. If this hasn't been covered before, um, basically for the penalty, it, I, my assumption is Watkins is the nominated penalty taker. However, Ben Rama decided he wanted to take the penalty and then Dow's guard ran, you know a fair amount of the pitch to take the ball off him and give it to Watkins and and I just feel that you know there was a bit of a he was a, to be honest it was a bit a like a moment it was a bit of a trotter moment and that and you know I kind of think look if you have a plan follow the plan and keep it calm what we don't need you know when a Watkins takes that penalty I want him to be calm I don't want him to be questioning why he's taking that penalty worrying why he's taking that penalty and then I don't want to see Ben Rama standing on the edge of the penalty area looking disinterested as he takes the penalty I, I just think that that's really like annoying and frustrating and, and not teamwork and not teamwork and you dig your own grave sometimes and I kind of felt I felt like that was the turning point luckily there was another turning point today So, Beast fans happy with the results. And, um, you know, the Allos has you know, a few interesting points there as well. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you can't knock three points, can you? And uh, we've been in games where we, you know, where we have deserved to get the points and we haven't got them. And today we probably deserve to get the points. And uh, in the end, 
we got the three points when it looked like we weren't gonna yeah as Premier fans we seem to have an obsession with the XG thing we, we seemingly always deserve getting three points but when you're um, when you're 2-0 um, down at 84 minutes it's hard to say he deserves to get them so it's amazing that we turned it around it's, it's, it's a special fucking moment London derby do it at home but how many more of these are there going to be maybe not many so let's, let's treasure it right and we've, it's worked out for us I think we've fumbled across the line ultimately we've, I don't want to say it was a fluke but uh, maybe a little bit fortune favoured us at the end we'll take the points do you think last season I mean we were in a bit of a stinky run the Millwall came we got the win of the Millwall game which we thought was going to turn us out of the stinky run <laughs> then we went for about lost about another nine games in a row after that one do you think this might be different this time where we actually might actually pull us out the mire a bit uh, yeah I, I, don't, I don't obviously the fact it's Millwall doesn't really mean much of course but see my thing with the Brentford model my, my theory on it is and I don't think it's revolutionary is that we we're set up to buy and sell right and that has to happen and we every season and this season we seem to have maybe seven or eight maybe nine new players in the start of 11 clearly all very talented but early days together adjusting to the league and that's clearly the same today so we're now like 30th in the league or something right one we all, we all, we all think we haven't played particularly well all season Give, give or take the game here and there but you know I don't think it's a turning point but the team is the team the team will build they'll continue to build and they'll probably get better by November better by December better by January by February they'll be a star man by March people will be talking about him being sold by April the season will be who knows where it'll be but this is the cycle we're in it's just we have to accept it happy with that result yeah, obviously massively happy, hugely relieved, I'd say. Um, you know, it's a weird one, coming away from that ground. You know, we obviously, it was a superb comeback, a 3-2 win, being two goals down with, you know, 10 minutes to go. You, we, none of us saw that coming. Um, but and on another day, you look at the, you know, you look at the, the stats, I've just looked on the Sky app, and, you know, we've got almost 70% possession, we've, we've got 20-odd shots, we've, you know, we've blitzed them in passing and chances and this that and the other and you know we, we we did deserve to win that looking at all the numbers but I feel like we got out of jail massively if I'm honest um, so you know it's a, it's a huge relief and I'm just delighted that it, it, it's going to take a lot of pressure off if we hadn't have got that today um, going to Swansea you know we we were looking at that as a you know with, with trepidation and then you go into QPR having lost two games coming back from the international window so it was massively important we won today. Uh, forget the performance, really. It was just all about the result, and I'm and I'm really delighted. That, you know, as I said, we're back and we're winning. Delighted fans, we're winning, and we've got another game on Wednesday, Swansea or Tuesday, Tuesday night at Swansea. Big fans going down to Swansea on Tuesday line. And good luck to you. Have good travel. The game is going to be on iFollow as well. If you're not travelling, which is all good, people can't get the time off work people haven't got the money it's towards the end of the month you can check it and I follow 10 quid it's actually quite good um, coverage on there it has to be said of course we do vouch for people going to the game if you can do but it's a really hard slog on a Tuesday night getting out to Swansea so let's see how it goes other than that like I said to you 
Monday night, radio show, 8 till 9 o'clock. Check that out. Pride of R is on uh, Love Sport Radio. And then Pride of West.London is our podcast out next Thursday. We're going to have QPR fan. We think we might get him on the pub on Wednesday night for a little bit of a laugh. Let's see how that goes. Uh, maybe we might even do it later. We might do it on Thursday night, just depending. But we'll definitely get him in the pub for a little bit of a chuckle. But look, three points against Millwall. You can't knock it. Three points goals scored in the last call it seven minutes of the match that hasn't happened for a long time 2-0 up 2-0 down 3-2 up we love saying chants like that we are the Brentford and we are the best listen let's put your cheers up we're playing Swansea on Tuesday night as we say away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.